Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew, we are here today, and we're so excited that we have a guest here today. We have Miss Ashley Hall, hooray! And uh, Miss Hall is a, uh, can I say Ashley? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, Formality. Um, <laughs> she is a trumpet soloist, uh, a master teacher, a career coach. She does all the things and does them amazingly. And so we are excited to welcome her here today to talk about everything. All the things. Just all the things. <laughs> so uh, we'll just jump into it. So Ashley, you, uh, you are a career coach. Yeah. Uh, in Massachusetts. Yes. Yes. A relatively new title for me, actually. That's right. That's right. It's really new because you were down here in, uh, in North Carolina. Yes. We're in Virginia now. But you are in North Carolina for a while, and that's where we met. Yes. And uh, down in High Point. I know. Uh, and now things are awesome and different. It is different. Uh, so t- can you tell yeah. me more about that? Sure. Um, so all the positions I've had up until now have somehow involved the trumpet and any college jobs that I've had have been kind of in trumpet faculty roles. Um, and so alongside of that, I've always had this interest in counseling, mental health, right. wholeness, whole development of artists. Right. And um, I've done basically like a minor in psychology and um, have started two different master's programs in marriage and family therapy and thought if I'm going to do anything else outside of the, the trumpet, it's going to be in some range of counseling or coaching and coaching sort of found me in fact so when my husband and I um, knew that we were gonna be moving our family back to Boston I um, set up a meeting with um, Karen Zorn who's the president of the Longy School of Music and Longy is a school that I went to um, 12 years ago now and did an artist diploma Um, we can circle back to that later but it's a place where I kind of revamped and reworked my trumpet playing um, and kind of all things in my life. It was one of those like identity breakdown times where I couldn't play the trumpet efficiently. I was trying to figure out who I was outside of the piece of metal. And I did all that work at Longy. I I remember some other podcasts that you talked about that, like the ones you've done at ITG and stuff like that. You've talked about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a very formative and um, wonderful time and great memories there. And so I wanted to kind of circle back to Longy because, number one, the school's mission um, is preparing musicians to make a difference in the world. Mm. And a lot of their programs are really kind of geared towards helping students figure out who they are, Mm. what contribution they're going to make, and how their art could kind of be positioned to be a catalyst for social change. And so I had this conversation with um, Karen Um, back in December of last year and said, you know, I really believe in your school. I believe what you're about. Is there anywhere that I could potentially plug in when we move back to Boston? And she said, well, in fact, we're really trying to build a brand new coaching program at Longy. And we just started the kind of early conversations with an organization whose name is called Graydon, Mm. G-R-A-Y-D-I-N. And mostly they've been addressing educational institutions in the UK Mm. and don't have a lot of schools yet in um, the US and have never had a music school. Mm. But their vision is for taking coaching, and I'll define this in a minute, but 
and, and taking it into um, making it become a self-sustaining culture of an institution mm. where we show up for students in a way that values them as whole and capable, mm. where we see students as already having the answers and our job is to help pull that out. Pull it out. Right, right, right. Um, and so it was really attractive to me to yeah. join in on this training that they were just about to start and then the position basically of getting to build a program um, was kind of laid before me. And, yeah. and that's really groundbreaking for a school of music to recognize yeah. and to put into action because it's, like we were saying a little bit earlier, a lot of conservatories and schools of music aren't doing that. That is yeah. not the traditional model, is right. to recognize a student as, you already have the answers, let's just uh, you know accentuate them and let's pull them out of you. Yeah. It's, you learn from master. Yeah. You come in and this is your sensei and you learn from that right. person. And that's right. so not what this, the world is evolving to. That's right. And that's not, uh, that doesn't build up a student uh, as much as it could. Yeah. You know? And I think there's still roles for both. I mean, I think, you know, the role of an incredible teacher mm-hmm. and mentor um, is essential for yes. our development. We wouldn't be the musicians that we are without teachers who pushed us and said, no, that is just an inefficient way to play that phrase. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and yes. no, you're, you're, no, you're just not making that transition well, or you're using way too much tension here, or right. that's not the right lip air balance, let's try this. So, right. you know, I think that there has to be that, and there also has to be space for students to be able to develop these other facets of what make them whole and human in addition to them being this musical part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a huge, I think so often we think about the things that we wish that we had Mm -hmm. in conservatories. Mm -hmm. And if someone had said, you know, your desire to, um, make amazing visual art could be paired with your amazing ability as a trumpet player and how would you pair those two things and create an amazing product I would go like what uh-huh. Huh? Yeah, right like you mean I could do these things simultaneously right. you think wait I can make a meaningful life that takes these seemingly disparate passions to me right. but starts to say no we want you to start to integrate those because right. you'll be more whole and mm-hmm. the world needs your creativity and right because like, you're an individual person that yeah. has a unique voice to share yeah. and that's i think that's super important it reminds me of tracy friedlander's podcast uh, crushing classical Definitely. it reminds me of that like about that. making your career and uh, I, I just think that's that's really cool. It's so important. So, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So it's new. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Um, and so you're you're teaching trumpet up there too. Right now I'm listed in, on the trumpet faculty yeah. and I've got a few students that are kind of working their way in for awesome. next year. Um, awesome. But primarily my role there is as, as coach. So I meet with seven to eight students daily and right. we talk about their values and their goals and what makes them feel fulfilled and that kind of work. That, so. that takes a lot of time. Like, I know that, and that also, I'm sure it makes you really emotionally invested in the students. And that's, I think that's really hard as a teacher, is getting emotionally invested. It's it's almost a a parental role, almost. Like, my wife and I don't have kids yet, but we, I feel for the students that come in here, and I see their growth and development, and I see what they're going through in life and everything, and and that's just playing. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking about their careers and yeah. their future and everything, that is so important that you're plugged into everything that's going on in their lives because you're right, it's not just it's not just playing. It's yeah. not just what they do. It's 
who they are as a person. Yeah, and like, are you getting enough sleep? <laughs> right. Are you <laughs> Questions eating? like that. Did you eat today? Right? <laughs> like, you're not going to be able to focus in the practice room unless we talk about like getting to bed on time and what you need to take care of yourself. That's Things right. Things like that. Right. And, and, okay. So speaking of that, <laughs> yeah, a balance. Yeah. That is one of the things that James and I have talked about extensively yeah. on some of our podcasts is balance. And you, I, I want to talk about you having this new job and yeah. thinking about in your past and all that kind of stuff for current collegiate people, for current educators, for current anything, balance. Yeah. So when you, it's so, it's so <laughs> difficult. What are some strategies that you find that you're, that help you with being, and you travel all the time. You've yeah. been, you've been traveling now this is the end of your little is this the end of your little like yeah sure because you were right last week you were in uh like pennsylvania i was and like a couple weeks you were everywhere yeah yeah i had a little midwest tour yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. you've been all over the place yeah and i know you're excited to get back home to your family yes and it is really exciting (laughs) and uh and spend some more time there right but how do you balance and what strategies do you find to balance all of the travel to balance the work to balance the, you got to keep your trumpet chops up. Yep. To balance family, what do you do, or what are some strategies that you found helpful, or things that did not work? Because yes. I know things that did not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I try to say that it's a work-life challenge. Mm-hmm. So it's like solving a little puzzle, and right. you have to figure out um, when you're going to do certain things and how you prioritize them. And we do have two kids, and so it's that question of, you know, how can I show up and be present for them? Right. What things do I also need in order to feel like I'm able to be present with them? Right. Um, but I would say the first thing for me to being able to kind of do all of these things things like being able to travel and still play a recital and is number one I have to let go of the expectations that I had when I was 22 of having to practice for three to four hours a day it's just not a reality uh, it's not no. <laughs> so no. um, teacher chops are like a real thing and like real like real life chops I tell yeah. my students all the time like yeah this is the most practice time you're gonna have like your time it's true yours this is your safe time yes. Yes. To make all your mistakes. And to, and to build good habits. To build good habits. Because yep. I say good that like, when you get to our mm-hmm. age, I mean, I'm in my late 30s now, that mm-hmm. now I have really good habits built mm. to that, that I can sort of like trust. Right. So right. if I do an hour of fundamentals and hit spots on the recital that I know are kind of tricky, right. um, that's probably enough because my habits actually are pretty strong and they carry me now. And so that helps your, your foundation of fundamentals yeah. and the habits you built earlier help you be more efficient now it's true that i don't have I to do as much efficiency yeah. so much it's you're right. so true yeah. and and when when you're i used to the kind of way that i used to play as a trumpeter which was not very efficient was all about strength of my lips and how mm. my lips felt and so mm. if i took a day off it was like oh my gosh it's gonna be terrible <laughs> but now i can take a week or two off and i used to oh hate these kinds of people but you, they take a week or two off and you come back and you're like okay there's some like response in the low register but i still sound like me and it still is fine and right. it's buzzing and it's okay. Right, right, right. right. So there's, um, I don't do that all the time, but I definitely, <laughs> when I'm in recital mode or I'm in kind of travel mode, right. there's a few things that I know that I need in order to feel healthy. Okay. And that is, number one, I have an incredible support system. Yep. And if and my mother-in-law is our lifesaver all the time. <laughs> yeah. In every single way, she, um, she helps us prep the kids' meals and get their their lunches ready. And she takes the kids to school and leaves at 7 a.m. So the kids are gone. And so at 7 a.m. when my mother-in-law clears out the kids, 
then it's time for me, number one, to kind of go inward with my journal and be like, where am I now? Where is God? Where is my spirit? What do I need yeah. in order to kind of refuel and ground from like just the spiritual side? Right. And then I can go, okay, now I need to do my hour or 40 minutes or whatever I can get right. in that day of right. trumpets so that right. I know I've done the things that I have that week in order to get fundamentally set up. Yeah. Um, and I try to exercise a little, <laughs> but I also can't, again. <laughs> right, right, right. I can't get to the gym like I used to. I love doing a long yoga class, but now yeah. my schedule, I have to now have to kind of choose because I right. do have a nine to five that is different than I've ever had. I've never had a boss and I've never had a real, I put this in quotes in the air, um, re, air a real one. job, yes. um, yeah. where I've had to go to an office and work a certain amount of hours. Right. And so it's, I've had to learn what things need to go. And what things I can do in smaller sections mm. that still make me feel like I've done the things that make me feel right, 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 right. whole and balanced, if we're going to talk about that. Yes. Um, yeah, but I'm, I think the main thing, if I take a gig, I'm more, more selective about the travel and the gigs that I do now. Yes. Because I have kids and they miss me and I miss them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also have to pay for sitters so that I don't burn out my mother-in-law. And, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's... It's um it's a challenge. Yeah. It's just a challenge, but I I know that there are certain things that I need to do in order to feel grounded. And if I can do some of those things even in little small doses, like yeah. read one little bit of scripture or one incredible quote that I know is gonna kind of set me on a good yeah. place, that often is enough really. Encouraging and inspiring yeah. and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Um yeah. staying grounded and I love, again, what you talked about with your uh, setting up your good habits now. Or, or earlier, you set up your Wait, good habits, yes. which sets you up ago. for now. Yeah. Because I, I remember I didn't do that. Yeah. I did not. And I tell my students all the time, I don't want you to do what I did. Yeah. I, I teach them to practice efficiently, or what I think is efficient mm -hmm. at least, uh, or in a more efficient way uh, every day. To, to practice, not like I did, which was I would spend uh, in undergrad, I was in the practice room from 9 to midnight every night. Yeah. And I missed out on a lot of things with friends. Yeah. And I I sure had the horn on my face a lot. Exactly. And honestly, that... Check off that, that box. There you go. For three <laughs> hours. And I finished the end of the night yeah. and I was burned. Yeah. And the next day, sometimes it would be really hard because yeah. I would also come in early and warm up for the day right. because if I didn't get my warm up in, then I felt like the day was a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and unproductive. And of course, at that point in my life, I needed, or I thought I needed 30 to 45 minutes. I was not being efficient. Now, I would not throw out elements of that warm-up that I did because I still use them to this yeah, day. But I've become a lot smarter about what I need to do. Yeah. And I tell my students, don't do that. Don't make those mistakes. Exactly. Um, but anyway, the, the balance that you're also talking about, there are so many other things that go into your musical career than just your... your uh, you're playing. Yeah. It's so much more than that. And you've mentioned uh, for you, the priorities are constantly changing for us as you get older, you, children and yes. family right. and husband and yes. all of those things. And mine has certainly shifted too. My wife and I've been married for five years now yeah. and things have shifted. And I try to practice here at the office instead home, of taking home. it home. So yeah. I don't want to, and my wife gets so annoyed. I know she does. She'll never say it, but I know <laughs> she hates when I get, or I would hate it, it to come home <laughs> and hear horn from downstairs, just like 
She she makes fun of my uh, my overtone series. I do octave rips right. from for us uh, doing eight to sixteen is like oh, a scale up and down, and I do them to warm up the high range. And she creates little Instagram videos or like uh, or videos with Snapchat with the filters mm-hmm. of her like doing silly things with the notes going up and down because I do them all the time, and I'm like. You're trying to watch, you know, TV. She's watching Disney Plus, and suddenly I'm <laughs> like doing all these things in the background. It's annoying, and so my priorities have totally changed right. from when I was living by myself, right? And when I was in school, and so you're right. I stress to the students that there are these other things you have to fit in. Yeah. You have to be efficient in your your studies and your foundations of practicing the things that you need to to do what you need to, and then go home, Sorry. and then eat. And then sleep. Go to bed. Please spend time with your friends. Exactly. Please have fun. Like yes. all these things. I'm talking a lot. But that's it's true. That's just all the things and that I, mean, I stress. I think there's them. this thing where I mean Malcolm Gladwell talks about there's this ten thousand hours that we mm-hmm. need in order to become an expert at something, right? So yeah. we still yep, have yep. to put in the time right, and the right, hours right. to become really amazing at what we do. Yeah. Um, but we can't I think that this whole notion of like artist as martyr is starting to kind of go away oh, and that's so. and that's yeah. what you were kind of talking about like yeah. we we sort of saw it as this like status symbol when we were checking off that box of like I got my four hours in and my face is bleeding but <laughs> you know look at this because it shows that I'm legitimate and, and like yeah I missed out on the movie with you guys but yeah. hey I did my practice today exactly and did you oh, no I'm better uh-huh. than you right thing. but right no right and it's not healthy it's not healthy it's not efficient it's no. not smart we can do <laughs> no. things so much better <laughs> anyway, exactly. So I love that point. I love yeah. that point. Um, well, what else is going on yeah. in life? Life, and everything. I mean, yeah, and so I was just going to say that, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about just even at, at Longy is is I run this um, multifaceted career speaker series where we bring in artists that have many different things that they right. do that, that make them successful that's yeah. not so myopic, right? Right. Um, and then we have these, like, group sessions, which is just so great. So it's been fun for me, number one, this real job, I'm going to put in quotes again, um, as number one, I've had to learn how to become a master at making PowerPoints and Excel oh, yeah. spreadsheets and oh, yeah. qualitative data and like numbers. Uh, n- right? No. I would have had no clue. I know four. Any of this. That's it. Mm-hmm. I count to four. Done. I mean, I know none of the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> right, shortcuts. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> It's been totally different. it's been great. It's been this like new realm of growth that I think is really important and yeah. fun and and also it kind of academically interesting. Um, to and that's me. totally yeah. That that inspires me at least. <laughs> I know some people really hate change and hate new things, but I, I I think it really pushes you to do something different. Yeah, and not that difference can inspire confidence in every area mm-hmm. uh, like doing something like I teach here I teach trumpet and horn I teach music ed classes yeah. I just added that which I love and I teach ear training which is totally different and I have piano skills so I can do it but I love that I get to do that yes. because it is in the musical realm and it is you know concerned with music off one hat and putting on another it's one it's different yeah and it it's a different kind of thing that makes me see myself as a more complete musician it is because you're right it's different things not like anyone can't do that anyone can teach your training but it's it's just fun to get to leave my office and go do something with a whole new crowd of students that I never get to meet yes I'd never get to experience or engage with so I love that 
Right. I love it. And I think it's so important to think about our life never as being stuck, that this is the only thing that we can do. And, you know, I think we're always evolving and always changing Mm -hmm. and responding to new circumstances in our lives, you know. And so, I mean, I just, I tell this a lot, but like when I was on tour a ton, I was home recitaling and gone a lot. And I was home six days of this one month. And my daughter in her nighttime prayers prayed that I would become a home mom. And I was like, Okay, it was this, it was both. It was like (laughs) this, like, okay, but mommy also really loves to do these things. And if she's going to have this view of me always being gone and of music being always the thing that disconnected me from them, that needed to be a shift for me in terms of what I prioritized and what things that I allowed to define my success now. Um, And so, you know, that for those two or three years meant that I taught early childhood music classes. And I I mean, it's fun and it's different, but you know, we, I think, I think when I think about like mental flexibility or flexibility or resilience in general, it's this ability to kind of adapt and change to the different circumstances that we have that come and um and figure out how to thrive within that yeah um and so yeah so now i'm a career coach and i add that to my slashes of titles and so it's fun um but i still get to perform and do cool talks and yeah like you're gonna do in a little while yeah yeah because we're we're at uh at liberty right now and we're gonna do uh, a lecture soon well you're gonna do a lecture I'm, yep. I'm going to attempt to accompany you on Carnival of Venice. <laughs> That'll be fun. We have to perform uh, um, first. Yes. Uh, hurry. And then a master class and that kind of thing. Uh, I do, uh, I, I want to ask you uh, another question or two. Yeah. Okay, about you. Because yeah. one of the things that I love about you and why I'm so excited about you being here is that you, and maybe you'll talk about this in your talk, yeah. but you perform with the most joy of anyone. <laughs> the first time I saw you perform, uh, other than playing in that little uh, the graduation ensemble that we first met, so that that was not real. But then <laughs> I heard you perform in uh, in CSA. Uh-huh. Um, you performed uh, on a recital, and I can't remember what you played. It was on Maria Serkin's recital. Okay, I think you guys maybe did a thing together or. I don't remember, but you were playing. I played with John Illick on that recital. I Maybe think. that was it. Was their sharing a recital? And that it was, was it. Um, we that played was it. Fandango. That's what it was. Uh-huh. Yes, and, and that's a happy it. piece. Anyway, and, right. and, but, but even then, and even your videos online, you always have this this joy. Thanks. Always <laughs> smiling, and 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 even if it's like something serious, I mean, you're not smiling, but you have a presence on stage that is joyful. How did you develop that? Because I think. And, and you know this too. When people watch you perform, they're at ease. Yeah. Because it's comfortable. You look like you're enjoying it. And because of that, the crowd enjoys it. Yeah. How do you develop that mm-hmm. as you're playing or doing anything? I mean, I think as teachers, we can take that too. Yeah. Because if you're uncomfortable in your teaching, your students will be uncomfortable. If you're uncomfortable yeah. in any career, your clients or whoever will be uncomfortable. So how do you develop that joy? Like what is your mindset or what kind of exercises or thought process do you go through to get there? Okay, so I could give you a very long answer to this. Um, But I'll try to keep it sort of succinct. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this book by Kenny Warner called Effortless Mastery. Okay. And I think it's in this book where he talks about that as musicians we forget that our job is to play. Yeah. Play, like the word play, which is what children do, and which is this gift of of creativity is is supposed to be play. Yeah. Um, 
but we think it's so serious mm -hmm. and we show up and we forget that our job is to actually play and connect. Mm. Um, and so I will say that naturally my affect is pretty joyful. I'm a mm -hmm. happy yeah. person in yes. general. Um, but I used to pick up the trumpet and get ready for performances and, and go into like dark mode yeah. and not be happy and be afraid I was going to mess up and um, really struggled. And my husband said, he was like, this person that I marry and married to and love and that, you know, is, is so joyful is not the person that shows up when you're getting ready for performances. There's right. just fear. And so what is it going to take to get those two to start to melt? Right. Um, and so I did a lot of journaling. I've always been a big journaler. Okay. Um, I read a lot of Brene Brown, which books, whose books really changed my life and my world. Okay. Her books daring greatly about being vulnerable. Mm. Um, and sharing your authenticity with mm -hmm. audiences and being willing to kind of step into a space where you're willing to connect more deeply on a human level have been mm -hmm. huge for me because that's the way that I am normally. And so right. I didn't know why I had this disconnect when I put the trumpet up. Right. Um, I did six months of no performing and just did therapy and worked through wow. um, layers, kind of some cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. but just some like body work around how to actually show up and be more free in myself and, cool. uh, and more confident and to stop believing some of the lies that I'd kind of put on myself and mm. given to myself. And mm. so... I will say that it's an ongoing process right. and that even this morning when I played the Carnival of Venice twice with the Roanoke Youth Symphony in front of thousands of children, uh, 30 minutes prior to going on stage, I was journaling through my fear, the stuff that still shows up right. so that I acknowledge that there's, there's these two things. You're about to do something and share something vulnerable. So there's going to be this like, oh my gosh. And then there's this letting go and standing in confidence that I've developed into this kind of journaling practice and also yeah. that I'm going to talk about in my Taming the Gremlin, Turning Up the Champion talk a little bit later. Right. Um, that then makes me say, these are just kids and humans and we're just in this fun experience of play. Yeah. And so when I show up and walk out on that stage, it's not my job to be perfect and to present something that's somehow disconnected. It's to show up and be human. Yeah. And I, that's I what I try. I love that. And play. <laughs> You're right. It's because... Play is not only the making the sound; yeah. it's the games and the yeah. the the fun. It's got to be yeah. fun, and I, I love that. My teacher at Iowa, Jeff Agrell, yeah. he wrote an entire book on improvisation for classical musicians. But he and I tell my students this all the time when we do activities. I call them either activities, which kind of has a, a connotation with like elementary school activities. Yeah. You know, you don't do. Uh, in high school, it's like, let's not do an activity. It's like, let's do this assignment, which has a terrible connotation. <laughs> or I say, let's play a game. Yeah. And games are so much more fun. Totally. And it's, I, I love that. So play. Yeah. Uh, that has such a different connotation. It than, does. And that's uh, what we do. We're it's supposed to be fun. Playing it's our playing. instruments. <laughs> yeah. It's like why we did it is not yeah. because we hated it. It's yeah. we're doing it because we love it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I, I love that. And again, that's that's what I, I see and I think a lot of people see when you perform. Thank you. Um, so I'm excited for uh, to hear your talk about that. It's gonna be really fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, well, I think we, we've gone for a little while. Um, is there anything that you also, other than, you know, all the wonderful things that you do, is there anything you want to plug, uh, that you're listening to like podcasts or books or anything other than oh, ones you've yeah, already mentioned? Sure. Um, sure. So I will say that that's my champion, like the books that are like the thing that I go to, <laughs> to get me into a frame where I recognize, um, 
that the thing that I do on the trumpet and who I am as a person is valuable to the world. Mm-hmm. Number one book that I really recommend a lot is Elizabeth Gilbert's um, Big Magic, Embracing Creativity Beyond Fear. Okay. And she did a series of podcasts after she released Big Magic mm-hmm. um, that are all about getting um, people in the arts to become unstuck from their places of fear and out into their creativity and the things that, that kind of is beckoning to them cool. to be created. Yeah. So I listen to those podcasts a lot, especially her talk with Brene Brown, because it's just, it's just an incredible talk and yeah. there's just a lot of uh, synergy. Some of the stuff that we talked about earlier about the martyrdom thing is mentioned in this as right. well. And it, right. it brings a lot of health and truth to our journey as classical musicians, as artists in this field. Right. And then, um, so anything by Brene Brown, I recommend. Um, and then um, <laughs> one of the things in my Taming the Gremlin talk is this little piece by Rich Madison, who is a jazz euphonium player. Um, and oh, wow. he, yes. Oh, and there's a few YouTube clips maybe we can even like link to. Um, one is his experience with Louis Armstrong in the studio and Louis Armstrong turning his recording studio into a personal chapel into 10,000 people for connection. And it was just this deep spiritual experience for him of he's not thinking about missing notes. He's thinking about communicating joy. Yeah. Um, and so that one, and then this other one by Rich Madison called music is an incredible gift that helps me remember that music is actually a gift to be given to people, not something that, you know, is somehow for us to just hold and to be afraid of. Right. And so those are my, like, go-to when I need pump-ups. Those are the things that I think of first. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and talking. And uh, hopefully there will be more collaboration in the future. That would be be awesome. awesome. Very good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, another episode of the Complete Musician Podcast. We are hosting Ashley Hall today. Uh, And so you should go check out her website and her uh her youtube videos and all of the things that she does because she is great at everything and so that (laughs) that is you should go do that um and your email is in case people want to contact you is yeah ashrhall at gmail.com awesome uh and then if you want to get in touch with us at the Kormoto Horn Duo we have an email which is kormotohorn at gmail.com so let us know if you love this if you hated this if you want to send us recipes for stews that's great uh we'll take all of it Um, but uh, we'll be back soon with more content uh, and hope you join us again thanks for listening